This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, welcome to another edition of That Millwall Podcast tonight. Uh, you've got the pleasure of myself and Ben. Ben, how are you? Hello, mate. All good. It's been, it seems like it's been a while since you and I have done one of these. Yeah, it's been it's been a long while. Um, whilst uh, you may not have seen enough of me and Ben over over the last few few weeks, you can catch his "Who Are You," which is live on the YouTube channel at the moment. Uh, I think it's going out as a podcast on Friday. So if you want to want to get a little bit more insight into Ben and, and his Millwall story, um, <clears throat> please feel free to to check that out. Tonight, we've got a little bit of a, a summary show as such. We're going to be discussing the last couple of fixtures, Swansea and, unfortunately, Huddersfield uh, at the Den. Uh, we'll move on to uh, Zian Fleming and his current form. And then we'll talk about uh, the, the season so far and perhaps the season, uh, what's what's left. So, Ben, start with Swansea. Um, <clears throat> as Mickey says, our, our Northern correspondent was down for the fixture Last last Tuesday seems ages ago now. After it does, weekend. but how, what did you make of the game? <clears throat> yeah, look, I think it wasn't the best performance by us by a long stretch. I was quite impressed by Swansea actually. In a way, it, they kept the ball very well. They, I never felt like sometimes you watch Mill and you've got your head in your hands at times, and you feel like oh, we're getting bombarded and it's just a matter of a time till a team scored. I didn't really feel like that with them. I felt like I had a lot of possession. I didn't really do a great deal with it. But as I say, I was still quite impressed with Swansea. I thought, again, I was quite surprised we'd started with the same 11 that we had done on the Saturday against Reading. And we looked a bit leggy from what everyone had said. We have done for for quite a while now, but we looked a bit tired. I was quite surprised that we'd started with the same 11. um, And it was just a, a really well grounded out three points at the end. I mean, as I say, the two goals were extremely scrappy. Uh, the keeper's thrown the second one in for Voggy. Um, and obviously, Creswell slash Bradders goal mouth scramble, come shot thing went in for the first goal. So, look, it wasn't pretty, but 
it was a, a very good three points in the end. Um, and when you look at the stats of the game, I, I, if someone hadn't have been there, they would have gone, oh my God, we've all been battered. And I said, I didn't really feel like we, we had been. They kept a lot of the ball, Swansea, but they didn't really seem to, it wasn't like a bombardment on our goal constantly. But yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a game for the purists, but a, a good three points. I think as well, to be fair, their goal was a massive ricochet off of one of ours. Or maybe, yeah, it, was. No, sorry, it was one of theirs, one of theirs, because it went down as a man in um, a man in goal. So the the kind of quality, you could, the quality of the, all three goals would well, lack of quality really. In, in when you talk about them, the other thing as well, which is quite interesting, is they've got um, is it Piro Piro, their striker, the guy that scored a lot of goals last year. He they've got they've got the guy from. Um, Sheffield United as well, the guy that came off the bench. Um, and his name escapes now, the young lad, tall fella. Can't think of his name. He come yeah. on in the second half. Great show, this great insight. Um, I can't think of his name. Um, but they didn't he, have the, the danger manner, did they? They didn't have no. the like they, oh, as you say, they, they were impressive on the ball and they kept the ball well. They played out from the back well. They managed to beat the press, but they were almost missing that killer striker the the man to make the run a similar i mean i'm not saying that um you know tom bradshaw is is the, the perfect championship striker but if they had someone that they could get in behind on the end of those passes they would probably be quite a you know a decent side and probably further up the league but when you're playing nice football you ha- you kind of have to finish it off and and apart from the deflected goal they just didn't look like they were going to finish off yeah the nice I, I, as i say they, they had a great they had a lot of possession but as you say, it was kind of sideways. We 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 got quite into a decent shape. They didn't really tear us apart. They weren't getting in behind our fullbacks no. a lot, and they weren't getting in in between or in the ten row a lot. The um the guy that used to play for Celtic is it Cham and Cham whatever his name is the guy who's got the N in front of his name. Um, he got a lot of the ball. He looked probably their their, their best player at times and was, was was the most dangerous. But so yeah, I, n- I never really felt like. Yeah, they didn't really get in behind the full-backs. They weren't turning the centre-halves. It was all in front of us. And that just was testament probably to how well we defended, really. We let them have the ball. And um, as you say, they're probably only one or two players away from being a really decent side. Um, I like the manager as well, Russell Martin. Um, it'd be someone that I'd, I'd someone like that I'd love to have at some point at, at Mill, really, a young manager like that. But... Um, yeah, as I say, they, they never really they had a lot of the ball. They didn't really look like they were ever going to break us down too much. And so it wasn't like Long was making save after save and we were really hanging on. So, so yeah, but it, was, it was just a good three points at, at this stage of the season. The thing is, as well, interesting you say that in most of the games in, of recent weeks, I know Norwich scored three goals, which might sound a bit strange, but Long isn't really making that many saves. He's not, I know, again, they scored three goals, so you'd think he needs to be, but. You know, Reading didn't have any shots on target. Swansea, it was a massive ricochet that beat him. You know, had that have been the normal shot, I think it was going wide. Um, Huddersfield, which I know we'll come on to, didn't really, you know, test him an awful lot. So the, the, the defence is, is um, whilst it was a little bit leaky at the start, I think we'd conceded two goals in a lot of the games, sort of August, September time. The defence are kind of doing their job and, and stepping up in the absence of Captain Hutchinson as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, we've touched upon it. Well, I certainly have. I, I was quite critical of Creswell early in the year, but he's been brilliant. Really has. Um, he made a tackle in the second half and he's just a Millwall 
person, it seems like he's really grasped that mentality and yeah. um, <clears throat> way of being a way of being a Millwall player. And he just, as I say, he made a tackle in the second half, got straight up into Patterson's face and was giving it to him. And it was just, yeah, it's great to see that from a lone player, especially a lone player from Leeds. But he's really mm-hmm. stepped up. Coops was, was 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 brilliant. I did see a few people saying it was Murray Wallace's best game for a while, and I wasn't sure about that. I thought he looked a bit shaky at times, but he has done all season, really. And maybe something we'll come on to in a sec, but my dad and I were talking about poor Muzzer, and I think next year he, he, he might have to be moved on. Mm. He's been a great servant for us, but yeah, I felt like he was... If they were going to score, it was going to come down our left, their right. Or potentially with Murray Wallace again, we might come on to this. Perhaps be the backup centre back, a left footed centre back, rather than persist with him um, on the left hand side. Um, moving on to unfortunately Saturday, um, I think most Millwall supporters, probably us included, were kind of looking at the um, the form table, looking at the the league table, looking at the fact that we were going for nine points in a week. Um, it was kind uh, of written... That, that in... just never happens, does it? <laughs> no, it <laughs> just was... Just saying that sounds daft that we expected to win. It was kind of um, written in the stars. I, th- I think we spoke prior before coming on the show about Neil Warnock and his uh, tactics in the, in the press before the game. It was almost as if he was trying to... Um, I don't want to say butter us up a little bit, but it, it did come across that way, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I've always, I've lo- I, I like Neil Warnock. I, I think yeah, so do I. He's and I do, I do like to think he has got a bit of a soft spot for us. Um, yeah. But I do really think on Saturday, my dad kind of highlighted it to me, and he said, "I think he's just buttering us up because it was kind of like Thursday he started making noises, then Friday there was something else come out, and then even Saturday morning there was something else come out." It was just constantly in being nice about us, and it did seem like there was an element of him, as you say, trying to butter us up and just make us go a bit soft for Saturday. Um, and it seemed like it worked to treat. And look, I obviously didn't go Saturday, but I've seen the highlights. What were your kind of thoughts about the game, Stephen? What, what was, yeah, yeah, general, general thoughts? We huffed and puffed, and we obviously had a lot of the ball. We don't like having a lot of the ball, which was the problem because. Our players are more built for to spring and to, to counter and to kind of, you know, catch teams um, further up the up the pitch and like Flemings, your even your players like even Leonard running from deep prefer to sort of spring away rather than have the ball and have to do something with it. Unfortunately, we have the chance to change the game with Voggy uh, in the first half. If he scores, which he should score. It's 1-0 after 10 minutes. Their heads drop. Their game plan goes out the window. Warnock's comments have gone out the window and it's a completely different game because they then have to try and come at us and, and maybe try and play football, which they clearly didn't want to do. They didn't want to, to come and, and and play at the den. And unfortunately... Just, just, on that, just on that point of the first goal and one of the missed chance of, Vo- of Voggy, just outside of that, exactly what you've just said, I almost felt like that first goal Saturday was just so crucial because you you just knew, as you said, if that goes in after the first two minutes, again, everything you've just said, the heads drop, game plan goes out the window, the fans, in terms of our fans, we're up for it then. You'd like to think we'd probably coach through that game and win 2 or 3 nil at that point. They go 1-0 up like they did and again, you just see them sitting in and 
again, seems like all they did is they just sit in and sit in and sit in and we struggled to break teams down. I think the other thing he would have done as well is a lot of the supporters were going into the game thinking, oh, we know what's going, we know what's coming here. You score that early goal and everyone goes, oh, hold on a minute. Actually, we're winning the game and it, it, the, the atmosphere in the, in the ground changes. Warnock was right in what he said that the, the crowd were quite silent because it, there was the expectation of it's we're playing at the team at the bottom of the league, we struggle and the game followed that kind of pattern. I think it was wrong. You said it about the... Um, Swansea game to go with the same team. I think he should have changed it to start up with on on Saturday. I think it was a really good opportunity to, even though they're not like Watford, clearly, they're at the bottom of the league, the performance against Watford at home where we were bang on it, really in their faces early doors, I think Watmore and Burke would have given you that. They would have given that kind of impetus to be able to really put pressure on the back or their back four. I don't have anything against George Honeyman. I think he's been a really good player over the last couple of weeks. I thought he was actually quite good on Saturday and he was unlucky to be taken off. But the game needed, we needed a bit of pace. We needed a bit of up and at and We didn't quite have it. Second half, changes were made. Um, Romain Essay come on, I know, obviously after they'd scored and he looked absolutely fantastic. He, he really did. It just... Everything about him at the moment seems to ooze class. He obviously got called up to the under-18s uh, during the week. And you can see why. You can see why that the, the, the he'd be wanted in, in that setup. But we just couldn't. We just And similar to what we said about Long, I know Huddersfield had one chance, really, maybe two, that, that Long had to save. But their goalkeeper didn't really have to make any saves in the second half. We, we, we shot from distance. We didn't. Or, or, and when we did shoot from distance, it was in positions where they didn't need to, whereas there was occasions, I think Fleming had one and I want to say Watmore had one where they really had a chance to shoot and they played the pass or they took an extra touch and it just seemed that we went into panic mode when we didn't really need to. Huddersfield are not going to cause many teams many problems. They had a good week, fair play to them. They come, they had a game plan and they executed it pretty much spot on. Um but from from our point of view, I think we probably should have freshened up the starting eleven, and in the second half we panicked. I, I was just looking then, just on the starting eleven points. It's the same starting lineup now for the last four games. I'm surprised by that because, as I said, I think the Norwich game was coming at a time where we all thought oh, that was a, well, it was a really tough run of Sheffield United, Burnley, Stoke, Luton, obviously then Norwich. And we started to look like we needed a week off and we could really do without playing midweek. And then we got that week off. And I don't know if Rowett then looked at it and thought, well, we, we've had a week off, so the players should be fresh because they've been playing Saturday, Tuesday for the last however long. But it did, it, even against Swansea Tuesday night, I, I felt like it was screaming out for someone a bit like Shackleton, who's, I, I, I've heard him be likened to Ben Thompson. It's probably not a bad comparison. At the minute, I think he's a bet, a lot better player than than Ben Thompson. He's probably a bit harsh from Shackleton, but just that bit of energy and just say mm. you're fighting for your shirt, get out there and just run around like a headless chicken sort of mentality, and that sort of energy I felt like we needed. I think the Swansea game sapped a lot of energy out of the players, and it would have been. I know Rowett come out and said didn't he that oh 
he was close to changing it, but he decided against last minute kind of thing. I don't think anybody going to the game on Saturday would have been surprised or disappointed had there been changes because Swansea did run us around. We were chasing the ball. They did use up a lot of energy, which there's no shame in that. You know, Swansea are a good football inside. But as you say, with it's almost as if they'd been praying for a week off. They got it and then said to the players, well, you can play three games in a week because you've had your rest. Which yeah. I think we'll come on to. I think Shackleton possibly was quite unlucky not to start in a number of positions. I feel quite I think... harsh just on that Shackleton piece. I feel like I've been harsh on him there saying, just come on and run around like a headless chicken. I know I knew what I meant by that. Just get you know, <laughs> no, I know, energy but... into, the, into the team. But he's, he's not that sort of player. But yeah, I feel like we just needed that bit of freshness in there. And I, th- I think the other thing with Shackleton as well is <clears throat> he gives you a little bit of he you know a little bit of experience at playing at, i know it sounds stupid but you can be a championship footballer but he was a top 6 championship footballer with leeds he knows how what it takes to get sides he got he was in a side that got promoted so he knows what it takes to get out of this division as a squad I know he might not have played as much at Leeds and that's why he's back down in the Championship. <clears throat> but I think I think there's an argument perhaps for him to have played. In saying that, I think Ryan Leonard's been very good. Obviously, George Savile is, is one of our better players. But there's no shame in, in players needing a rest. And I know people will say, oh, they're professional footballers, they're, they're athletes, they're, you know, they should be out of play, they're paid lots of money. And, and they are. And, and that's, that's a, a fair point. But... <clears throat> Playing 90 minutes Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday isn't, it's not easy to be at your best. That's why, and I I know it sounds really stupid to compare this, but that's why in tournament football, the the best teams are the ones that find consistency because they have, you have to play regularly. The teams that that don't have consistency get, get knocked out in the World Cup and Euros. So I think Rowett possibly got it wrong by not changing, changing the team on Saturday. I can understand you don't change a winning team, but I think it was an opportunity missed. Yeah, and I, I felt like it was just because, again, who we were playing and we probably should have predicted a bit more that we would have got the ball a bit more than we did, obviously, have Tuesday night against Swansea. It was hard not to. I think we only had 25% possession <coughs> or something in the end, so it was hard not to have any less than that. But it was probably a game where, as you said, we could have made changes and we probably could have played Watmore, for example, who's a bit more direct. Burke, again, will come on to. I'm really struggling with Burke. Um, and, yeah, we will come on to just the players in, in, in a bit. But even someone like that, just a bit of pace and just just change it a, a bit. And as, as good as... I feel like we speak about Vogue a lot and we speak about him playing out of position and he, or is he playing out of position. But if he's playing on that wide right, role he's kind of there because of his defensive duties and again we should have looked at it perhaps and gone we're going to have more of the ball against Huddersfield so can we play what more from the start or even give SA a start can we just have someone that's going to unlock that door because as, as you say we're going to have a bit more of it and we're going to need someone to have that pass someone who I really think we've missed and again I noticed it against Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night against Swansea is is Billy Mitchell and I mean yep. it from a sense of just just linking that <laughs> just getting the ball off the centre-halves. And it was something that I noticed again, probably when, when you're there, you notice it a bit more, but we seem to go so direct when we had it against Swansea. I know they probably put us under a bit of pressure from their press as well after they lost it, but we were going so direct into Bradders and poor Bradders just got battered. 
and he just didn't have a chance. He had two massive centre-halves and he just didn't win a ball all night. And it was, again, a, a tough run of games that he's just coming to the end to. It was the last thing he needed was just chasing shadows all night. But we needed that someone in midfield to go and get it and we didn't seem to have that from Leonard or, or Savile Tuesday. I don't know if it was the same um, against Huddersfield. Probably wasn't because, again, we probably had more of the ball. But we, we, I feel like we're missing Mitchell a bit just to get that ticket over and just get the move started for us. The other thing I think with where Billy Mitchell, where he's improved and where possibly we were lacking on Saturday was that Savile and Leonard were the option for the centre-halves to pass the ball to because Huddersfield was so deep. So they were, it was either you either pass to them and it's their job to try and pick a pass, find someone, or as we saw Cresswell, Cresswell ventured forward about four times on his own. He sort of bombed forward one time at a shot, which wasn't too bad. Another time he probably should have had another go, but decided to pass, obviously being a centre-half, probably thought better of it. But Savile and Leonard, whilst uh, I, I like both players, obviously George Savile is one of, one of, in my opinion, probably one of our best players, but the roles that they're asked to play, they're not they're not players that are going to pick a pass that's going to They're not playmakers, are they? They're no. you're box-to-box breaking up play midfielders. They're not... Yeah, Leonard's full they're... of energy... He's not gonna. He's not gonna play a killer pass. He might score yeah. the old goal and he might get the odd assist, but he's not gonna thread the ball through to someone. And I thought, I thought that's where I thought maybe on Saturday, where again they got it a little bit wrong. George Honeyman and Fleming's link up in the first half was quite good. They were coming central, little one twos and and movement, which is how you beat teams at the bottom of the league. I think the move, what would have been better for us would have been to put Honeyman in the middle and give him that licence to because I think he would be someone that could play those passes and he does have the energy. Yeah, again, be that kind of... Because, again, we would, we obviously had the ball more. I think, again, if someone went to the game, Tudor or a Swansea fan, looked at our possessions that Saturday, they, might, they would have gone, what the hell did we watch Tuesday compared yeah. to what they've done Saturday? Yeah. I think we had 72% or something Saturday. So, again... Mm. You needed someone, as you say, to get on the ball a bit and find those parts, thread the ball through the lines, get it into Fleming in the 10 roll and out wide. As we say, Savile and Leonard aren't those sorts of players. They are your proper breaking up play defensive midfielders or your box-to-box hard men, if you like. It's interesting because Savile was never like that when he was first. No, no. He was the goal-scoring yeah. goal midfielder, but he's he's changed his game. And I think Billy Mitchell... <laughs> I think Billy Mitchell, as you say, gives you that little bit of energy, that impetus, that kind of drive to go forward. And whilst look, Billy Mitchell has improved massively and he's going to continue to improve and he is a big miss. But where it really shows is in those games like Saturday where you need someone to take on the ball the game by the scruff of the neck and yeah. try and do something. And it was left to Cresswell and Cook. I mean, Cooper, he scored a goal against Cholton a few years ago. Do you remember where he bombed forward? And ended oh, yeah, up he ended up playing and, like left wing back, didn't he? Yeah. He slotted it in. Cooper and Cresswell were the only ones really driving forward at the Huddersfield defence. Now, great. It's 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 all a bit of a fun to see centre arse bomb forward and have a shot and it's all, you know, at nil nil with twenty minutes gone, it's not too bad. But you need one of your midfielders to be doing that, someone who's got that little bit of quality that can finish it off or find a pass. And <clears throat> this I mean, Billy Mitchell was back in training, uh I think he's on Is he? I think there was a picture posted of him on 
Friday that he was back training on. He was back on grass. So, and I think Mason Bennett was there as well, um, who's another person who I think we miss in terms of having another option of a forward who I think with a little bit of pace, someone who I think he would, he's more trusted to do a job, would be more trusted to do a job for 20 minutes taking Bradshaw off than maybe any of the others are. Um, but Mitchell's back in training. I think that's a real big boost for the remaining eight games. Yeah, really is. And again, just going back to to Saturday, I don't want to dwell on it too much because it was a poor result, but it would have taken some real big balls from Rowett to say, I don't know, we would have dropped Leonard or Savile and played Honeyman in there and then played Watmore or Burke and gone a bit more attacking. But again, look, we're, we're sitting there just talking about the game and analysing it. And it's easy to say now after we've had 72% possession and dominating the ball, but maybe we should have gone down that route and we should have only played one of the defensive midfielders and, and gone a little bit more attacking. But on the flip or side, even, that, that goes even, against everything Rowett has kind of built with us, really. Or even though in the second half, like the changes that were made, players were like for like. So, uh, what more come on for Honeyman, Burt come on for um, Boggy, and they, they were kind of played out wide, which is fine. You, you, you can go like for like, but I, I, I just felt at the time he took Honeyman off, I thought Honeyman was having a really, really good game. And I think he should have stayed on the pitch and been moved more central. If you if you take George Savile off, Ryan Leonard's got legs. Leonard can cover that midfield because he's got the energy and the legs to get around. And if it did get to a point where he was tired, you just bring on Shackleton to do that job. It, yeah. If if we'd have scored... If we would have scored, Huddersfield would have, would not at one one would not have come at us. They would have sat deeper and deeper. You didn't need to have the cover there. You didn't. It just didn't need to happen. But as you say, hindsight's a wonderful wonderful thing. If if we did, you know, if, if we'd have known what was going to happen, Raul probably would have, would have gone with what more and yeah. Burke from the start and whatnot. Absolutely, probably leads us quite nicely into now. But I'll ask you a question: How, how did Fleming do Saturday? Cause, and again. A game like that where you feel like we're going to have a lot of the ball and we're talking about people breaking the lines and making something happen for us out of nothing or getting the grabbing the game by the scruff of the neck. How did he do Saturday? Because I feel in general his form's been dropping a little bit. It's the first time, I think, all season that a opposition manager has gone, right, we're going we're gonna to do a job on him and we'll see how good he is. There was moments in the first half where his play, his touch... I mean, there was a one-two with Honeyman where, and then Fleming got the ball back here, shot with his left foot. If it was on, again, if it was on target, it goes in because the keeper's not going to get there, but it just trickled past the post. But second half, they put their holding midfielder and just sat him on Fleming for 45 minutes and said, go on then, we got. And whilst we all know he's a good player, We've seen it before. Years ago, Jimmy Abdu used to do that to your Adel Taraps, your Wes Houlihans, you know, you name them, Jimmy Abdu, mark them out of the game. Yeah. And I think it was a lot of respect paid by Huddersfield and Warnock to, to say to us, to say to a club like Millwall, who perhaps don't have the most fashionable players or, or we're always told we're physical and direct, that they were worried about our best player and they put someone on him. In saying that, if he wants to continue on and become a better player and move forward and perhaps get that that move, he needs to find a way of being able to shrug off being man marked. He has to, he, and he, he unfortunately he didn't. I think the fact he was man marked 
led to probably the worst free kick he will ever take in his life. That <laughs> my dad and I sit behind the goal. I sit directly in line with the penalty spot. And as the ball was put down, he said, one of us up here is going to catch it. And lo and behold, fellow behind us trying to edit because it come up. It I come saw up him us. again Tuesday night. He was standing. Everyone else had gone in just before kickoff. And he was standing yeah. out there. They probably had three yeah. or four free kicks. And little plug for my Twitter, but if anyone wants to see a free kick taken at Den, go and see my goal last year because I scored at Den. I didn't see him hit one and go, I fancy him to score today. Mm. Every single one was like, wasn't struck clean leaves, obviously trying to do that kind of knuckle ball and get it to dip. And I only, I just looked at it <clears> and thought, well, it's weird that because you might, I don't know, you, if you see your set piece specialist practicing that before the game, you might, with no keeper in, you're seeing it the back of the net cleanly. And everyone was bouncing before it was going in the net. And I just thought, are we trying to force this with him a bit? Or is he just saying, I'm the best player in the team, I'm taking the free kicks? But I think there's a He's gone from of, taking throw-ins to, to free kicks now. <laughs> I think there's a hint of with Fleming. I think taking the throw-ins off of him with Leonard in is absolutely right. Leonard's, Leonard's throw-ins are he like had the a worst. rocket. Fleming had the worst long throw for a long throw specialist specialist yeah. I'd ever seen. <laughs> it, it's, it was just loopy. Leonard's a flat yeah. and like a rocket. It's like a corner or free kick yeah. coming in. Yeah, and that's so, what you want, right? They're, they're yeah. the ones. And you want Fleming on the edge of the box to be hitting them if it bounces out. Yeah, I think I think with Fleming, the, the problem is, and we might see this more and more, I don't know if West Brom are going to do a similar tactic. They might do. But because they're obviously a better side than Huddersfield, they may not have a man marker, should we say, someone who's going to try and take Fleming out of the game. But Fleming has come over and, by all accounts, is a foreign player coming to English football. He's been very, very good. There's no getting away from that. But over the last few weeks, I think there's there's frustration because we... Yeah, I not... feel like that with him. We're not creating From him, loads. Though. Yeah, we're not creating loads of chances. We're not getting that many free kicks, really, um, for him to, to have a go. I thought the run at, at Reading um, to shrug off the defender, to knock it around the goalkeeper was class. He, he was very, very good. So he, he's, he's still, you know, impacting games. But I, I, I see him against Swansea and especially Saturday, he's dropping deeper and deeper and deeper to pick up the ball. I liken him a little bit to Harry Kane in an England shirt yeah. because because Kane doesn't get enough of the ball when he's playing for England. He wants the ball and he's dropping deeper. And then, you know, Fleming's you know, a couple of times come back into our half to pick the ball up from the centre-half to try and influence the game. But he's not going to influence don't want the game. No, yeah, he he's, not going to, he's not going to do anything from 50 yards, 60 yards. You need him on the edge of the box. That's where you need his little bit of magic. I think frustration is the right way to describe it. And again, Tuesday night, I felt that. He was trying, and when, again, probably because they frustrated us by how much ball they did have. When we did get it, and he got it in particular, he would then try just something that wasn't needed. He would try and take someone on or mm. try and. Sounds stupid. We would try and make something happen out of nothing. Where at times, at that point in the game, we just needed to keep it for five minutes because we hadn't touched it for twenty-five. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting. It's something we spoke about before we come on, wasn't it? And I, I just felt like maybe his his form was dipping a little bit. But maybe I was being a bit harsh. It, it's not. I don't necessarily think that it's harsh. I just think that 
maybe the tiredness is is contributing to it but we're not we we didn't have many attempts on goal against reading really i mean i, I was there we the penalty was was also a good penalty but we didn't there was a couple of half attempts and at the end where burke could have put fleming in to score and he chose bradshaw swansea again i don't really recall us having that many efforts on goal we had such. Leonard's long-range shot and then we scored the two goals, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're not having loads and loads of chances. And again, on Saturday, I think we had four shots on target. I know we had lots of shots, but they were a lot of them were off target. But we're not creating the chances that we were in that run of games where everything he touched turns gold, he's not having efforts from around the edge of the box as often. And I think, I think it's frustration and that's Mm. boiling over because the the fans expect a lot from him. And rightly so that, you know, you, he is still people have to remember, he is still the record signing. He is still the, you know, the main man, the man that they brought in to replace Jed Wallace, who was supposed to be the, 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 the step up. And by all accounts, he is. But I think we need to find a way of getting him 20 to 30 yards from goal, playing those killer passes or having a shot on goal. Because if you keep asking him to go out wide or you keep asking him to drop deep, you're going to lose everything that has got him the goals that he's got so far. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Totally agree. And on the subject of formal players, it's interesting that um, I think if we come on to Watmore and Oliver Burke, because by all accounts, I mean, against Sheffield United, Oliver Burke was very, very good. Interesting that it was his old team, but that, that, that may have something to do with it. I think Duncan Watmore had a very good game at QPR, starting and obviously scoring and, and impacting the game. But they don't get a look in, do they? They don't get a look in. It is Watmore... Is his fitness, is it injuries? Because he got a niggle, didn't he, after the, was it after the QPR game? He had a niggle because he didn't play against Coventry, I don't think. Um, again, we said this before recording, Burke I'm really struggling with, really struggling with. And again, what did he come on Tuesday night? The last 10 minutes, 15 minutes when Bradders couldn't do any more running? And all you want to see is him coming on with fresh. He's absolutely rapid. I'm sure he could run 100 metres in probably close to 11 seconds if he wanted. He's so quick. Yeah. All I wanted him to do was run around and close them down their back four, back two, the two centre-halves. And he's, he shows no desire for me. And no. I struggle with that. And I gave him barrel loads Tuesday night because he didn't do a stroke when he come on. And I just feel like if he wants to burst into the side, it's not going to be... It's Gary Rowett you're trying to impress. He's, if he goes and scores two goals, obviously that's going to impress him. But doing what he did or coming on, he's going to go, I'm going to have to play Bradders again because I'm not going to get what I need out of Burke by potentially starting him, it seems like, down the middle. Because Bradders does do the hard yards and the chasing and the harrying that most centre-forwards don't like doing. But again, as a fan base and as a club, we, we've always been... a we love centre-forwards that do that. How many have we had over the years? Greggs was brilliant at it. Morrison was mm. brilliant at it. Gary Alexander was brilliant at it. Bomber, to a certain extent. He ran channels all the time. The list goes on with centre-forwards that we love because they do the hard yards and he just doesn't do that. He might have all the ability in the world and we talk about how many transfer 
how many millions he's gone with all his transfers, but I struggle with him. And I, 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 look, I when when we got him back, there was an element of, of a, I, me included. I went, yeah, not bad. I don't mind that. He probably, we spoke about it a million times. He probably wasn't in our top three, four or five that we were targeting, but he's got, he's got to do more for me. What more is an interesting one? Is he injured? Has he had a bit of a niggle that the club don't want to tell us about? Don't know. Um, is it form? If it's form, we haven't seen seen enough of him. So, is it is it Rowett not seeing what he wants to see in training? Don't know. But we, yeah, we don't. We haven't seen a lot of what more really outside the QPR game. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. One hundred percent online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. What's frustrating is the fact that I think with Duncan Watmore, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get 60, maybe 70 minutes if he starts and he'll give you everything and it's hustle and bustle and he tries to make things happen. Even when he come on on Saturday, he tried to make things happen. It didn't always work, didn't always come off, but he was running at people. He was trying to find a pass, trying to have a shot on goal or a cross or whatever. But it's almost as if, and it's a really, this is going to sound a bit contradictory because I'm going to, what I'm going to say, but I get the feeling that Rowett doesn't want to start what more because he knows he's going to have to take him off. Because he knows he's not going to be able to last the game, which you knew that when you were going to when you signed him, because he didn't play ninety minutes at Middlesbrough. He's had that, and again, I know I spoke mentioned this guy earlier, Mason Bennett. Mason Bennett starts games and comes off every yeah. time, he, and and there's no issue with it. Why not do the same with what? I don't, I don't, I don't get that. I don't understand. He, you so know, do we, do we think he's injured? Do we think he's fit? Do, or, or is it? The latter, as I said, there's something that Rowett's not liking in training or something. I think it's some, there's something behind the scenes. It's there has to be. There's no re, there is absolutely no reason why you would play the same team three weeks in, sorry, three games in a week, knowing how much energy was taken out of the players on the Tuesday night. There is no reason why you wouldn't make changes. I can't think of it. I know they say you don't change a winning team, but come on, you know they're. The players, you could tell. Know, the night he he did start against Coventry, so I was just going back through and having a look. So he started QPR, started against Coventry, and then that was it. He didn't start against Sheffield United, no. So and he started then, uh, the first two available games, and then after that, 
it, it just uh, no, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the answer is with him. Going back to who I mentioned, another player that I mentioned earlier is Romain Essay. Um, I think we have to be trying to get... I, I don't think Rowett knows what his best position is. Someone um, on Twitter re- replied to me when I mentioned that I was talking about SA after the game on Saturday and saying that oh, Rowett left it too long to put him out wide. He played him central. I think SA can play in that attacking midfield role. I think he can play either, wi- either wing. I, I just don't think anyone knows what his proper position is at the moment because he's so young. So I, I don't have an issue with him playing you know, wide left, wide right, through the middle, whatever you want to do. But we've got to see more of him. You know, just the, just the, I mean, I don't know if they showed it, obviously he wasn't there on Saturday, but there was one point where he was on the right-hand side, did a couple of step-overs, a couple of tricks, skinned the defender, drilled a perfect ball along the floor, crying out for someone in the middle to just tap it into an empty net. And you just think, yeah, he's this this boy's quality, and and yeah. uh, he he needs more game time. He really needs, especially at the moment ahead of Burke. I think he offers more than what Burke does. Yeah, I I I, I can disagree. Well, he absolutely does. <laughs> he absolutely does. I Burke needs to do more for me. Um, and hey, I don't know if he's just waiting till the end of the year. He knows he's not going to be staying. Don't know, but yeah, he, he doesn't do enough for me. And this last, what we got, two, four, six, eight games left. Yeah. We, we can't be reliant on Bradders to be playing 90 minutes of every game. He's going to probably be, but he needs some help, right? Again, West Brom, you'd think Bradders is just give everything you've got for 70 minutes, run your nuts off for 70 minutes, then we need someone else to go and do that bit of work. Do I have any faith in Burke being that man? No, but he's going to be that man. Well, the only saving grace, and I touched on it earlier, is Mason Bennett. Because, mate, and I know, I know people will say he's made a glass, he's injured all the time. But if you give Mason Bennett 20 minutes after Bradshaw's had his, you know, give us everything, Bennett is more than capable of doing the job that Bradshaw yeah, does yeah. For, for twenty minutes, twenty five minutes, and I think, and I think, if anything, I think he might be a bit quicker than Bradshaw. Bradshaw might have that little bit of gall in, in, in his around the box and and his movement, but but Bennett can do that job, and I I really would, I don't want Bennett to come into the squad at the detriment of Romain Essay, which I think may be the case, but if that is the case, then the sub that needs to happen is that it's not Burke that comes off the bench, it's Bennett. Yeah, no, I agree. Anyway, on that dreary note, <laughs> yeah, can we be a bit more happy now? <laughs> let's be a bit more happy. Something we spoke about was the last time we had a bit of a, we're trying to decide what it was, but the last break that we had. So we looked at the what Cardiff game was on the 21st of Jan, then we played on the 4th of Jan against Sunderland. So we played 11 games in the period up until this international break and got 18 points. I personally think that's a very good return <clears throat> considering who we played. I think Rowett would have been very pleased with, with those accumulated points. Most of the supporters, I think, would be pleased with those accumulated points. I think the the run of fixtures, as you say, the Sheffield United, Burnley, Norwich, Luton, I think they were four games out of five in a spell. You know, To, to come away with the, the points that we did was very good. I think it has been a very good return for the squad. I saw a tweet earlier that we've picked up, I think, the fourth most points since this calendar year. 
yeah, since January the 1st. So, you know, the, the run of form this year has been very, very good. Unfortunately, I think it could be better and perhaps should be better. But I would imagine that if you look at every team in the division is going to look, apart from maybe Burnley, are going to look at their fixtures and go, we should have got more points or we should have got something there. So that's not just a, a mill thing. I think that's across the board. But overall, I would say probably the last, that since that, well, the, the rearranged Burnley fixture, so we had a weekend off. Since then, I think it's been probably, I'd say, sort of around an 8 out of 10 um, spell for, for the club. I think they they have had issues with injuries and it has kind of meant that some players have had to keep going and going and going, i.e. your Tom Bradshaws and your George Savills, etc. But um, to, to take points off of some of the teams that we have has been very, very good. Yeah. Yeah, Green, looking back on those, there's not many. I mean, we can probably argue about the Luton game till we're blue in the face and everyone's going to have a bit of different, differing opinions on that. But it wasn't a very good performance from us. I think Luton are a very good side. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we were very, very, very fortunate to be 2-0 up at that point. So I would take a Absolutely. point um, from that game. But yeah, outside of that, you look back at the results... Coventry, we didn't perform very well. Great result against Sheffield United. Good point against Burnley. So, yeah, there's not many in there you look back on and think, we. I mean, apart from Huddersfield, probably, where you go, we could have picked up three more. The only the only one that bugs me still is Sunderland. And it really bugs me because they only scored because Long come out for that free kick. I'm not going to jump on his back. I think he. there have been times where he has been a little bit questionable, but there's also been times where he's kicking and he's made some incredible saves. Like one of the one of the saves against Luton, I know they probably scored off of the rebound, but to, to tip it onto the bar from where, where he was was incredible. Yeah. And he is a good goalkeeper. But if and just want to chuck into the mix the, the three saves he made at Sheffield United when we were in front. Yeah. It was Gordon oh, Banks' especially, especially there was one that he made, I think... Um, I think McBurney ran through the middle and just they completely carved us open. You think, oh, this is a goal. And it was a, a big, made him That was a, was that a two all, I think? I'm not sure. It, it was in the second half because I don't remember being. But I think they, if they'd have scored, they would have gone in front. Possibly. Uh, yeah. I mean, as I say, his keeping has been Either very, way, very but yeah, has been good. Um, but. Sunderland were poor that day. They they come with Diallo and 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 you know everyone's saying, oh, he's going to roast Murray Wallace. We kept Sunderland at bay. We were so good that day. We had the dodgy goal disallowed with Honeyman, where Savile was stood in oh, yeah, stood in the way and 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 whatnot. We were so good that day, and and I think we were unlucky not to. We really really should have won the game. But other than that. The results probably. I mean, you'd argue that Stoke. We were incredibly lucky to to, to win at Stoke. Uh, you know, maybe probably should have beat Sunderland and probably were lucky to get something at Stoke. Luton again. You can't really argue with Coventry. We were poor that day. So uh, overall, I think you, you kind of we've got what we've deserved out yeah. of these games. I think I don't. I don't think it, you can there say. isn't many. I don't think in the Championship no. is there where that you don't. But. Yeah, I've I, I've been very happy with that eighteen points. So I would have yeah. I would would have gone a seven or an eight out of ten as well. So that that's been the previous eleven games. Now looking forward, say we've got eight games left. The next two: West Brom away, Luton at home. Are they season defining? 
I mean that in a sense. If we get beat by both or get a point from two, do you think if the results go against us and obviously West Brom then close the gap, Coventry close the gap, Watford close the gap, and we get a point or worse, do you think that's season-defining? If we lose both, we're struggling. Because if you lose two in a row at this stage of the season... The teams, Coventry are in good form and, and that will give them a huge lift. Norwich, I'm not sure. Norwich are really hit and miss. They win a game, they lose a game. They win a game, they lose a game. So I'm not sure about them. But Coventry seems to be the team that's perhaps putting on that run that, that a team tends to... Tends there is to always save. one team in there that sneaks in sneak yeah. sixth. And they seem to say there's such a slow start. They seem to have that just aura about them of being that yeah. team. Right? They've just slowly crept up the league. And, and they've, got, they've got the goal scorer. To, yeah. to do it they've got Guy Carres so I think if you lose to West Brom and you lose to Luton I think we are we're massively massively struggling because then you're playing catch up with six games to go and it, it, it then you're in the position that we've been in for the last three years where you need a favour from other teams I don't think if we lose to West Brom it's not season defining that that game is not the one. The two together, as you say, they, that's the problem. If you don't get anything from them, I am gonna put my neck on the line a little bit and say that I don't think I don't think West Brom are going to beat us. I don't. I've think they watched are. them a couple of times, and I watched them against Hull a couple of weeks ago. They were on telly. And my God, they absolutely battered them. I watched the first half, I think it was, and it was nil-nil. And was like, well, this is just, I'm going to look at the result later and West Brom will have won. It was literally like the Alamo, how they didn't score, it was ridiculous. And obviously they got beat 2-0. They have got that kind of result in them, but I just think, I can't see us getting anything Saturday. I see... I, I I'm I'm I think Luton's more of a worry because I think Luton away Luton from are home, a really good side. Luton away from home are, are very strong. Did they, I hear or see that they've got the most away points in the championship this season? I think so. They're up there. They're certainly I mean Burnley might have something to say about that, but they certainly are up there. But I think Luton, the Luton one's an interesting one. I think West Brom as much, I know they've got a game in hand on us, but they are still five points behind. That is two, that is two games, right? We have to lose and, two games to go above us. And I think, I know they play us, so obviously that, that does have a massive impact on that because if they win and then the game in hand, they can go above us, etc. But the games in hand have been scheduled right near the end of the season for, uh, I think it's Blackburn, Sheffield United, Burnley, and West Brom are the teams around us that have got games in hand still so a lot's going to happen before them and I would rather have the points on the board than have them going into those games needing something yeah and I think with West Brom and this is if if any of the Millwall players are listening to this you you probably think we are waffling but <laughs> if, if you take anything from this if you are listening the pressure is not on Millwall we are not expected or skywriters off 
all the all, all the uh, pundits talk about us last. Oh, they're just hanging around, you know. They do their little thing, and and they'll they'll drop off, etc. West Brom have got massive expectation. Their supporters expect them to be in the top six. They and will expect to, to beat us. Yeah, they and and the thing is that's that might well be the case. They might expect to beat us, but as it stands, we have more. We have five more points than them. We are having a better season, yeah. so the pressure is on them. It's not on us. A point at West Brom, regardless of whether Coventry and Norwich win, if we get a point, we still stay above them for another week. So it's still in our hands, and I think I think I wouldn't go to West Brom and set up defensively. I wouldn't go there. Because I think Wallace and Swift and Co are, are very good at, at breaking teams down, but West Brom isn't season defining. And I, as I say, I don't think they're going to beat us. I, I'd be, I would bank on that being a draw. I really would. And <laughs> I, I hope never you're say right, that. Mate. I hope you're right. I, I never ever say that, especially going away from home, because you never know what you're going to get. But I just think it's a real, you know. Again, the bookies are going to look at that and they're going to go, West Brom are going to win that game everyone's going to write us off and that's where we're at our best. And yeah. I, I just I just think I'm more worried about Luton. I really am worried about that. That's the one that concerns me. But you don't, you lose both, you're in trouble. You lose against West Brom, which again, I don't think we will. It's not the end of the world. And then after that, we've obviously got Hull away, Preston at home. Do we think Preston are too far back, seven points? So would they, if we lost those two games and... They had, I know it's a lot of teams in between them and, and the playoffs, but they're on the same points as Sunderland, albeit they've got a very, very bad goal difference. They've got minus nine, Sunderland a plus seven. Do we do we think they're, what, my, what I'm trying to get at is, do we think if we got to the Preston game, results went their way, they've closed the gap a bit, it's all quite tight. Do we think they would still be hanging around the playoffs or do we still think they're going to be seven, eight points behind I mean, the the issue is, is as you said, there is the number of teams that are between them and us. So they're they're not just relying on us to lose yeah. games; they're relying on everybody else to lose games. I said it about a month ago. I think it was just before the. I think it was just before the Stoke. No, just no, just before the Burnley game. We're gonna know how our season is, uh, who is likely to be the contenders, and how our season's gonna go after whole way because you'd have played two fixtures in a weekend you'd have obviously had the West Brom beforehand <clears throat> there'll be five games to go at that point I believe yeah. and I think at that point your teams that are seven six seven points behind with five games to go they're not going to make that up yeah. it, it's, it, it becomes harder so I think you'll go into the Preston game knowing a little bit more I'm not avoiding your your question because I think I think it's too hard. No, I think what, so what I was kind of angling at is I'm hoping by that point, Hull look like they're going to be safe, won't have anything to play for, hopefully yeah. by that point. Preston mm -hmm. then hopefully may still have slight aspirations or they might still think they might can get in there. Very, very slim chance, might be one or two percent, but they still might think they can get in there. So after that, we've got, as I say, Hull, Preston, Birmingham again, pretty much safe. We don't know what's going on with the points deductions. We can got their three points today. So they should be down by the time we play them. Blackpool. Mm -hmm. And then obviously a huge, huge game last game of the season. So 
if we can avoid defeat in both games against West Brom, I would take five points. That sounds like a lot looking at three fixtures and the three fixtures that we've got, but I would take five points. From uh, West, West Brom, Brom Newton, and... Newton and Hull. If, yeah, if you, get, if you get five points from those games, I think after, if you, after the whole game, you'll be either hanging on to the playoffs... Literally so you think if on. we get if we get five points, you think we'll still be hanging on? And it'll be it'll be it'll be hanging on by a point, or we'll be outside by a point. It won't be it won't be because see, yeah, I, I think, think I'm being optimistic with five points. I think that's more realistically. I'm thinking more three points. <laughs> if if you if we take three points from those three games, then we're struggling. You can't at this stage of the season three points from three games isn't enough. Yeah. So whilst it's realistic and I, I I get where you're coming from, I think if that's the case, then then we are massively struggling. It, look, it, the, the other thing that as well, you have to take into account, I mean, the fixtures, I, I put it in the chat earlier, didn't I? The, the next Saturday, eight clubs that are going for the top six play each other. Well, I just, might, I've, just, I've just had a look, Stoke. right? So Norwich's next four games are Sheffield United, Blackburn, Rotherham, and Middlesbrough. Yeah, see, they're not gonna, they're not gonna pick up that. They're not gonna pick up. I mean, they'll probably get free at Rotherham, but the other three games, they Sheffield United need to try and um, keep Middlesbrough away, and Middlesbrough need to try and keep on Sheffield United. Just, just had a look at the last game of the season. Obviously, we've got Blackburn, Coventry have got Middlesbrough. So imagine if Coventry need to win to get in the playoffs, Borough need to get in. To win to get an automatic, we've obviously got Blackburn, as I said. Um, I think I just saw that Norwich had. I think Norwich got no. Norwich got Blackpool, so again they could need to win to to stay up. So, I mean, the last game of the season is going to be huge. Let's have a look at Luton. Luton have got oh. a hole, so they've got an easy fixture. I'm going to put you so on Luton, the spot Luton, now. Luton have got sorry again, just going through again. So Luton's. Again, looking at the fixtures, they're going to be looking at their next three. They've got Watford, ourselves, and Blackpool. So they're going to be going, obviously, local derby, got us, and then they've got Blackpool again fighting for their lives. So their three aren't easy. So you look at ours, you look at Norwich's, and you look at um, Luton's. We've all got three relatively tough fixtures coming up. I'll be honest with you Middlesbrough, Blackburn, and Luton, if they're playing, any of Coventry, Watford, or Norwich, they can smash them for all I care. Because I don't <laughs> care. It doesn't. If you get in the top six, you get in the top six. I would rather Luton can go to Watford and win. Take points off of Watford. It doesn't. It don't matter. Just take points off of them, and then it it aids us in in what we're trying to do. I don't care, and I'm sure you don't. I'm sure listeners and all supporters across the country, or across the world, who support Millwall. We just need to finish in that top six. You know, yeah, yeah. It, it don't matter if it's by a point, by five points. If it's goal difference, it doesn't make a difference. So, any of the teams below us, if they drop points, it can only it can only help us. However, I am going to put you on the spot now, Ben. Thanks, there, mate. There's no sitting on the fence with this one. <laughs> We're going into the Blackburn game. Where are we? Oh, we'll have to get our fixtures up again and just think about this. I think we will be going into the Blackburn game with 
probably two or three teams still hanging on in there for that sixth place. And I think we'll be one of three that if we get the right result, we will win. So if we beat Blackburn, I think we'll be in there. So, but I think it'll be tight between three teams is what I'm thinking come the end of the season. So you think we'll be sixth going into yeah. that last game and a win will do it? I mean, I, I said think I previously, on one of the previous pods that I thought we'd finish fifth. I think that's... I think we're going to finish sixth now. Um, but I, as I say, I think we'll get to that last game. It might even be between us and Blackburn for that sixth spot, which again will be unbelievable. Now, I think if we... I can see that being the scenario. Sorry to interrupt. I think I, that that game against Blackburn, I can see that being a winner. Whoever wins gets it. Yeah. And I, I just think there'll be someone else in there, whether it be Norwich, Coventry or West Brom or even Watford, that will be in and around there at that point. And yeah, I think you're there. Or you could even see, yeah, one one of four teams that will still be up for grabs that last game of the season. But I think if we Blackburn, if we beat Blackburn, I think we'd be the team that gets it. See, it's interesting what you're saying there about West Brom. And again, tempting fate, I know. But if we go there and win... Oh, yeah, I mean, we're being pessimistic, right? And we're saying yeah. well, everything we're saying here is, yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not, we haven't even mentioned winning the game, right? If, no. but yeah, exactly. If we go there and, um, and win, again, my viewpoint is probably completely different. If we go there and win, and I almost say that's them out of the playoff picture because they're then eight yeah. points behind yeah. us, even with a game in hand. But the game in hand comes too late, in my opinion. For, for, uh, so, again, if you win that game, you know, Luton are playing Watford. If Luton beat Watford or they hold them, and and, and again, if because uh, I think they're on Sky because it's a derby, isn't it? They're yeah. they're a they're a twelve thirty kickoff. So you'll know going into that game if Watford don't pick up three points, it's another opportunity for us to pull a little bit further away from them as well. You just mentioned it. Do you know what? We probably want Luton to win that. They're four points mm. above us. We don't care about the teams above us now, really. Not interested. We um, only really care about Blackburn down to Watford. So we just don't want Watford to win. We don't want to drag them into no. the picture. Again, they're five points behind us, right? So we really want Luton to do us a favour. Even a point in that game would yeah. see us would see us go into our game four points ahead of them. So again, it's at, it's at least two get another two games, and with games running out again, we can we could go on to a burn the face with, with scenarios and, and, and whatnot. As it stands, it's in our hands. And, Just on and, and, scenarios and us getting in there, we get in the playoffs now. And if something you mentioned on your who are you, and I'm going to chuck it out to you now, Sheffield United getting into the FA Cup semi final. They've been on a a blip for their standards. Not so much now. They've won three out of the last five games, but they've still lost two. They've looked vulnerable. We've beaten them. Is the FA Cup semi-final going to be a distraction for them, like we mentioned about our FA Cup run a while ago and how that cost us the place in the playoffs? Do we think that could be enough of a, distra- enough of a distraction for them? Or not, I know it's not a cup final, but it's still an FA Cup semi-final for their games in and around that that semi-final to for them to drop points and see a bit of drop-off in form for the rest of the season. Absolutely. And I was hoping that it was Blackburn that was going to win that game. So it was then <laughs> distraction. Yeah. But um, I think so. I think and so. I'm saying that because I'm thinking then would Borough get second and would we potentially play them if they finish third is kind of where I'm thinking of that. I think a FA Cup semi-final 
it's the fact that it's at Wembley. If it was the semi-finals like they used to do years ago when it was us, when we played at Old Trafford, and I think it was um, Villa Park was the other one that they that they chose. And it was still an FA Cup semi-final, but it's the fact that it's a day at Wembley, it's a day out, it's it's a huge event now because it's been moved to the to the national stadium. I would, Middlesbrough fans were rather, on Twitter, were rather happy that Sheffield United made the FA Cup semi-final. And I quite agree with them because there are going to be players, especially some of the, maybe not, some of the more experienced, but there'll be some of the younger English players that are probably thinking, oh, what about Wembley? You know, I might not get an opportunity to do this. And like similar to us, you know, you you, you do maybe come out and don't go into tackles, maybe full-blooded. You do perhaps, you know, don't want to get injured or don't want to get sent off. So I think it definitely could be a distraction. And it would be one that, I, if it was me, if it was us in that game, I'd be thinking... Us in sixth spot, or in, and in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, I'd have been thinking, "Wow, play play the kids, play the kids," because the the league's more important. That date of the semi final as well is on the twenty second and the twenty third of April, which is yeah. when the third last game of the season is due to be played. So that's pretty late on as well. I, I didn't think I thought it might have been the weekend before that when you're then thinking, okay, there's still five games left, but with three games left. And also, Sheffield United have the game in hand already. So they've already scheduled one for that round that they've just yeah. played. They now yeah. have to schedule another one in for God knows when. It, I mean, I, I, there's possibly a, a possibility that they'll play their game in hand before that weekend if, if, if there's a free Tuesday or something. But with the bank holiday weekend, the Easter weekend, that makes it tricky to schedule games in because obviously you play Friday, Monday. I, I wouldn't... I, I'm not envious of Sheffield United at all making the making the semi-finals. I think the Middlesbrough fans are rightly excited about it themselves because it, I think it does give them an opportunity. And if Sheffield United don't make the top two, they won't go up. That doesn't mean to say that we'll beat them in the playoffs. I hope we do if, if it's third v six and that, that's the fixture. But the, to be in that top two and to have been told at Christmas, oh, they're running away with it, them two, them two are done, to now potentially being called. Cool, You've got three more games to play. Yeah, their momentum would be would be shot. would be absolutely shot. Well, that's a bit more like it. It's a bit more positive. Now we're even picking who we're playing in the playoffs. So, Look, I said it. I've said <laughs> it for a while. I think we're going to finish sixth. I think it's going to be by the skin of our teeth that we make it and it, we're not going to do it the easy way and I think at some point we're going to be reliant on a late goal somewhere we're going to be looking at our phones on flash scores or whatever app that you use and it's going to come up somewhere that someone scores a goal against Blackburn or Norwich and we're going to and, be cheering <laughs> yeah and it's going to put us back in the top six or something or or we're going to score a late goal that's going to see us go from eighth to sixth or something but I think we'll just make it the playoffs are a lottery but when you get to that point we'll see it's a mini league isn't it it's it's a bit of a free-for-all but I think we'll be okay but I think it's going to be very, very tight. Totally agree. And as I say, we've got Blackburn. Norwich have got an easy one in Black... Well, not an easy one in Blackpool, because I say they could be fighting to stay up and, and Coventry have got Middlesbrough. So it, it it's all shaping up to be a very exciting last day of the season. 
Yeah, and uh, well, you say exciting. Well, it's not going to be exciting. I'm going to be <laughs> absolutely shitting myself. <laughs> Fighting <laughs> hours are just yeah. like, holding uh, head in your hands. But look, it's 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 what we want. We want to be involved in a top six push. This is what this is what Rower has promised in when he took over. This is what the fans expect, and we're. Everybody, the fans, the players, the board, everybody's pushing in the right direction. We can't, I don't think we can ask for much more at the moment. Yes, okay, we've lost a game that we should have won, and you look back at the season ago, we could have got points here, and we should have done this. The aim was the top six, and as it stands, that's what we're that's where we are. So I think we've just got to try and as much as it's easy to say, enjoy the ride and and um and see 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 where it ends up. Um one thing that we haven't mentioned, and I'm sure if our listeners are still listening to us at this point, haven't got bored of us waffling on about the playoffs and this, that and the other. We are up for an award, Ben. We're up for the uh, oh, yeah. best soccer um, podcast because it's a worldwide award. There's a few people that have been Do you know why we're that. up for the best soccer podcast, Stephen? Because we waffle on about the playoffs. <laughs> exactly and that's what the people want no, but seriously guys um you know i'm sure you've seen on our social media channels and mickey's mentioned this and we all have it's really cool obviously myself and ben are quite relatively new to this we we joined the podcast back in september i believe so we've had our little bit of um we've, we've got our, a little bit of, of our foot under the door now and, and doing these shows and obviously the guys that have been involved longer you know very much appreciate that we're up for this so when this goes out, the link will be available uh, in the description to vote for us. Uh, any support would be very much appreciated. Hopefully, you like what we do. If there's anything else that you'd like us to do, or any other discussions, or anything that you know we 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 might miss, um, by all means, as I say Ben and I first joined this podcast because we probably disagreed with someone that was talking on the show initially, and now here we probably are. Probably each other. <laughs> yeah. Now here we are best of friends waffling on and someone probably listening to us going nah you don't know what you're talking about lads this and, and by all <laughs> means come and challenge us we we're all for it but um are, if you could are. give us a vote that would be very very much appreciated and the the last thing uh from me is uh friends who are you i mentioned at the start of the show is live on youtube uh, we caught up on valentine's day we had a nice little cute date together um, recording for, for you guys so if you want to uh, listen back to that again please go back on on, on the youtube channel uh, i'm sure ben shared it on his twitter it's on mine as well if anybody wants to get involved in that by all means drop me a message drop the pod a message it doesn't have to be me that answers the questions you might like ben you ask him to do it or mickey or joe or any of the other guys we're, we're more than happy to to accommodate but um ben i'm going to let you have the final words can you come up with something inspiring and, and that makes the people believe? Inspiring and makes us believe. Uh, I think that from the players, it's been a huge effort over the last two months. I think it's time for the fans as well to make a huge effort. Let's get up there at Hull. Let's get up there to, to Wigan. Let's get up there to Blackpool. Let's sell out all the away ends that we can. The, the players are going to need our help. Let's sell out all of our remaining home games and let's make it the den, the really difficult place that most managers and players know that it is. Um, because, yeah, if we get it rocking, 
we will get a lot of points at home the remainder of the season. So, yeah, my little rally cry to all the fans to get to as many games and get as many people there as possible. But we are going to finish sixth. We are going to hang on in the playoffs and then we are going to get a day out of Wembley and then who knows. That's my inspiration. Uh, I'm going to clip that part where you say that we're going to do all this and the other and it's going to be with us forever. Well, you, always, but... you always coat me for being a, a pessimistic. So I'm no, not being I optimistic. Uh, just to follow on what Ben said there, I think he's exactly spot on. The, 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 the players are doing their bit, the fans, we can do our bit and everyone pulling in the right direction. Hopefully we get the, the end result and I will, uh, you can clip this as well, Ben. I believe we will finish in the top six as well. So we're, we're in it together. That's been that little podcast. Uh, hope you've enjoyed it. It's been a bit different with just the two of us tonight. Please like and subscribe. Uh, this will be out on all um, good uh, podcast providers and also up on YouTube later on in the week. Cheers, guys. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.